Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Sunday, December 11th, 2022, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Now Mind You podcast. This, of course, being episode 49, Combat. I'm TJ. I'm Bryce. And we're back. Uh, Today, we're going to be covering UFC 282, Blahovich versus Ankalaya, right? Spoiler alert. Now, in terms of, like, some general thoughts about this card... Honestly, if you take we, I mean, I didn't catch early prelims, prelims. I only caught main card. But if you look at the amount of performance bonuses that got dished out uh, last night, as of this recording, which was Saturday night, uh, twelve fights total, only two didn't get a bonus, and it was co-main and main of the main card, and then prelims, nothing but finishes. Early prelims, nothing but finishes. The first three fights of the main card finishes. Um. Shit, what else? The judging, though, the ones that did go the distance, uh, the judging was for sure controversial. Where uh, was this, if you don't mind me asking? Vegas. Like where? It was Vegas. Vegas. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was Vegas. And apparently the Nevada State Athletic Commission uh, is not really a fan favorite. We'll just leave it at that. Um, but without further ado, let me take us into this main card. So... Uh, opening us up, we had at featherweight Bryce Mitchell versus Ilya Tupuria, right? So we have Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell, which by the uh, way, like his nickname does not match his appearance. That being said, his performances may uh indicate why he's got the nickname Thug Nasty. But this man is 28 years old, MMA fighting stylist, made his octagon debut in the UFC back in July of 2018. Uh, fun fact, he's been pro since 2015, and he was on Team Cormier back in the Ultimate Fighter 27, right? Uh, in terms of his, you know, uh, his last three, from most recent to least recent, he fought Barboza back in March of this year, won that by unanimous decision, fought Touchy Feely back in October of this year, which I believe we covered on the podcast. And or actually, no, maybe we didn't cover that on the podcast. I think we covered uh uh Touchy Feely's other fight. That I feel is like the we, we covered fucking we uh, uh, his nickname, nickname. right? But, That's <laughs> hilarious. But it's it 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 is the most organic nickname I've ever heard, right? Um, but we covered Touchy Feely's like other fight on the podcast, one of our episodes. But uh, Mitchell got that by decision, and then him versus Rosa, he got that by unanimous decision back in May. I'm sorry, that fight versus Feely was uh back in October 2020. Now he got the dub, the unanimous decision dub against Rosa back in May of 2020. Um, yeah, he was on a roll. He was on a on a good roll, and I was rooting for him. I think he would have got a title shot if he went on won this one. Shit. Well. On the other end, he was dealing with, you know, Ilya El Matador Topuria, right? Mm. So, Ilya Topurio, uh, ger- born in Germany, right? Uh, yeah. BJJ grappling styles would make no mistake. This dude's got hands, right? And he's out here representing Spain. Now, 25 years old, made his Octagon debut back in October of 2020. He's been pro since 2015. Uh, in terms of his like last three right he fought herbert back in march of 2022 which i believe we covered on the podcast actually it might have been 
my first fight with uh or my first time not my first fight my <laughs> it was my first fight against Ilya Tabudia. No. <laughs> you guys know I was an MMA fighter. No, but uh we covered this was the UK card. Uh I think it was headlined by Aspinall versus Drago. Uh, uh um but yeah, this was definitely the UK card because like Herbert was definitely fighting for his job and Topuria dispatched him by via KO. Right, this is back in his March. Job. God damn, Nick, he, he was on a skid, bro. Yeah, like a three fight skid. Uh, and Topudio was just said. like, "Well, let me just put the final nail in that coffin." Uh, <laughs> and then he fought against Ryan Hall. He was the one who knocked out Ryan Hall. Uh, when Ryan uh, Hall was attempting the leg lock back in July of 2021, right? And then there was him versus Jackson, which he won by KOTKO. Dude, just looking at his last. Four, only one of those fights was a decision. Since being in the UFC back in 2020, one of his fights was a decision. All of them have been finishes. Oh, yeah. This man is on a mission, right? He's on a mission. El Matador. Dude, let me tell you something. Uh, Topuria versus Mitchell was two rounds long. Mm. All I'm going to say is this. Bryce Mitchell is slick with it. Once he reads you, his head movement is crazy, and his ability to duck under a punch and grab the takedown is pretty fucking good. However, yeah. Topudia is no slouch. He was showing excellent wrestling. This is what I'll say, man. I don't think Topudia, spoiler, he won uh, by, uh, I believe, what was it? Was, was it, it KO? Show? I think it was. No, yeah, it was the dark stroke. No, it was. Was it the dark stroke or was it the rear naked choke? Um, it was um, definitely a choke, though. It was definitely a choke. It was a but, choke. It was submission. Yeah. But I don't think he was seeing Mitchell. I think he only saw Pimblet. Leading up to this card, they were going, like, fighting I, hard, man, like, during yeah. the conferences. So it's like, I think he's – I think if him and Pimblet meet, eh, yeah. Uh, although, you know, Topuri is that featherweight Pimblet. It's that lightweight. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they – and they tried to fight each other at some point because they they were heated. Yeah, um, they were very heated. You know, I think uh, I think Bryce met not Bryce Mitchell. I think uh, you know, oh excuse me, Patty's just gonna be that face to to challenge. Yeah, um, in the division, um, and uh, I think after I mean we're gonna touch on it, but like after last night, it's only gonna get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and Patty has a lot to prove considering. You know, we see that UFC want to put that, want to put that, uh, want to, you know, want to want to make him a red panty night, you know, um, because yeah. he's definitely got the machine behind him. Yeah, I mean, like fuck, like people don't fuck. What you say about Sugar Show? At least he he did it, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, I feel like Patty's last one was kind of controversial. So, mm-hmm. you know. If this is a, if 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 El Matador and Patty are the next fight, um, it would be I think it would I think it would fit it would be a good fight night one, and two I think it would be some good press for both of them. Mm-hmm. Like there's it's it's all it's a win win situation if Patty beats him, um, and it's a win win situation if 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 you know El Matador does it, he's just yeah. gonna steal Patty's steal Patty's uh momentum and that yeah. could take him places so one hundred percent. i think that's i think that's the best fight to make next for both of them but yeah my bad. 
it probably have to be like some type of catch weight or one of them would have to like move either up or down um because again like featherweight lightweight but yeah this i mean the story is there they want yeah. to pursue it um i bet the, patty would definitely do it though yeah well yeah the, Wait, Pat, who's the heavier person patty or 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 amount of lord i think right? patty's the heavier dude yeah yeah so yeah oh so now that could definitely happen that could um, definitely happen the next fight we had on the card was Drickus Duplessis versus Darren the Gorilla Till. Ah, oh, yeah. All right, let's talk about it. I mean, I guess, but we have we got <laughs> Darren the Gorilla Till, right? Uh, yeah. This man is, you know, fighting for Liverpool, right? 29 years old. Uh, made his octagon debut back in May of 2015. Really a kickboxer, Muay Thai stylist, right? He's been pro since 2013. I mean, he's had like 10 wins by KO, two by submission, so on and so forth. You know, famously one of Kamzat's homies too, right? Um, In terms of his last three, he has that dub over Kelvin Gastelum, which really put, well, helped to put, um, you know, Darren Tell's name out there. He's got, he's got some... He's got some names on his resume, right? But he's got that dub over Kelvin Gastelum. Took an L against Whitaker back in uh, July of 2020. Took that L against Derek Brunson back in September of 2021, right? So he's been he's been on a bit of a skid, right? Won two out of his last three, right? Mm-hmm. Or I should say lost two out of his last three, rather. Um, and then on the other end, we have Drickus Duplessis, right? Drickus still knocks Duplessis, which still knocks goes kind of hard. Um, twenty years old, MMA stylist coming out of South Africa, right? Uh, made his debut, back. dude. If he gets American citizenship, is he African American? That's neither here nor there. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> made his debut back in October 2020. Fun facts about him: pro since 2013 as well. He's won 13 out of his last 14 and five in a row. Seven wins by knockout, nine by submission. That's crazy. Mm, yeah. uh, origin of his nickname, given by his brother after his amateur K1 career, where his record was 33-0 and 0 with 30 KOs. God damn. God damn. Uh, amateur K1, too. That doesn't sound like a good time. Um, but what can I say about this fight, man? Uh, the first round was essentially foreshadowing for the third round. This is what kind of killed me a little bit watching the first round because the first round was damn near one-way traffic in that first four minutes, Darren Till had zero strikes. Duplessis had 60. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. He basically punched, punch, got the shot, took him to the fence, grappled him down, and started punching him from the back from various positions. Like, he really shut down there until, like, Bryce, it was so bad that uh, I think it was uh, Mark Smith was the ref. He was, it almost was an early stoppage. Like, that's how oh wow well Duplessis shut down uh, Darren Till's offense. Like, okay. Darren Till was actually talking to Mark Smith saying, he's like, dude, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm just waiting. Um, but it was very close to being an early stoppage. That's how bad it was. Let me just ask this. Did it seem like 
Till was just completely outclassed physically? Or does it seem like it's one of them things where it's like a mental thing? Like he there, he's got that mental block, like a Woodley situation where you know it's there, but for some reason, it just ain't happening. I I'd say it could be more of the latter because here's the thing. Toward the end of the first round, uh Till was able to get out of Duplessis' control. Like stood okay. back up and then hit him with a couple hammers a few times. Almost like flipped the whole situation on its head. He didn't steal the round because the majority of the round was still Duplessis. And then mm-hmm. in round two, we saw uh Till having more success on the stand-up. But here's the thing though. I feel like every round Duplessis hit takedowns and Till had zero answers for the takedowns. Like, uh. zero. Like, Duplessis was basically taking him down and getting to mount every time or to back control. I mean, he ended up winning by catching a rear naked choke, right? Um, yeah. And it, it was kind of frustrating to watch because, you know, to the best of my knowledge, this might have been my first time watching Darren Till uh, during, like, a UFC event. Because I think... Uh, <laughs> excuse me, uh, when Till was really like, there was a hype train around him, that was when I kind of fell off of MMA events for a little bit. Mm. But I was hearing so much about him, like, oh, he's this dude from Liverpool, really putting Liverpool on the map. Basically, like, the successor to Bisping, low-key. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was like, how come he has zero answers for the grappling? Especially if he if he does train with Kamzat, like... You think, he, yeah, like, your like wrestling why, should be coming Why are you not more. stopping these shots, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, but it ended up being what it was. Like Duplessis tapped him out. Shout out Drickus Duplessis doing what he does for uh, South Africa. Um, but that was all the thoughts I had on it, man. What'd you think? Or like, did you have any thoughts on it? No, it just it just it's kind of sad. I don't I don't know. Like like Till seems like one of them people that the the machine's kind of behind, but like his head's not in it. You know, um, and you and you see like a lot of fighters. It's sad when you see a fighter or what it seems like a fighter's going through like that, that mental block, you know? Yeah. Like you, when you see it in a fight, it's like, ah, man, like, cause you know, how do you, how do you get out of that? I feel like Usman talked about it a little bit in the interview where he, he talks to a fight there, but somebody does. I can't remember to, I can't remember who specifically, but mm-hmm. you know, um, it's 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 really sad. Like like it's weird when somebody's like, "Damn, I want to." <clears throat> excuse me. Like Israel Adesanya is like rooting for Till because he wants to fight him, but mm-hmm. you gotta give him something, you know? Right. And he's not and he's not delivering. Um. And I know he said that he wants to take a year off, just to just to um just to like you know spend time with his family and everything like that, which you know of course, but you know I hope it's not. I hope that's I hope it's it it just sounds like it could it sounds like potentially it's one of them things where it's like the more you're away from the fight, the more the more like that mental part might go more into play. Yeah. Um you know. Um I hope that's not the case. I could be wrong. But, you know, he had all that energy and then he fought uh he fought some. Was it he? It was before Yoel. Who did he fight? Um, he got injured. I want to say. Um, 
Yeah. Or he took mean. or he took a bad loss and he took a and he took some time off, right? Yeah. Then he came back for for um for Robert Whitaker. And it was a decent fight, but Rob was outclassing him. Um couldn't 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 uh he couldn't like keep the distance. You know, Robert Whitaker is a monster in itself, so like we couldn't really take anything away from Taylor. It was just good to see him. Um, and then, you know, these these fights just ain't ain't working out. I want to say he lost the last one too. Didn't mm-hmm. he? Isn't he on a losing streak? Mm-hmm. This is yeah. his third straight loss. Yeah, it's 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 rough. It's rough. I'm glad though. I'm glad he got the gorilla tattoo on his arm. Uh-huh. Um, on, on a side note. Cause it's just don't don't hack don't don't get a don't get a tattoo of your of your of your of your of your uh of your significant, significant other. other. Just don't do it. Just yeah. Just don't do it. Um, like not necessarily their whole face. Just just right <laughs> just, just right general. on the meat. Yeah. Just right on the meat. You know. Yeah. Like your girl said, your girl sleeping right next to you. The first thing she wake up is see your ex. Like don't do <laughs> yeah. that. Don't do that shit. Right. It's not a good move, y'all. Right. Um, yep, Robert Whitaker, then Derek Brunson, then Driscus Duplessis. Yep. Uh, next up, we had Ponzinibbio versus Morono. This was a catch weight at 180. Uh, the reason why is because Santiago Ponzinibbio was scheduled to fight, you know, ruthless Robbie Lawler, but Lawler had to pull out in fight week due to an injury. And mm. that's the game, man. Shit happens, right? Um, yeah. So um, Alex Morono was able to answer the call, but he could only make 180. So, you know, they made it a catch weight instead of a typical welterweight, about, yeah. which I believe is like 170, right? Yeah. Um, On the one end, right, we had Santiago Ponzinibbio, the Argentine dagger, right? Uh, shit, man. Fighting out of Argentina, obviously based on that nickname, striking stylist. The dude wants smoke at all times. He he's he will You go to a Ponzinibbio fight, the dude is there to fight. Uh, 36 man made his octagon debut back in November of 2013. Right, he's about to hit 10 years in the UFC next year. Right, okay, uh, okay. was Team Nogueira right on uh, Tough Brazil 2 pro since 2008. Um, like the he's just the dude's just a mainstay, man. Uh, mm-hmm. his last three, uh, one of which we covered on the podcast, right? He fought against Baeza back in June of 2021, won that by United Decision, fought against Hands of Steel, Jeff Neal, back in December of 2021, lost that split decision. Fought against uh, Michelle Pajeda back in mm. May of 2022, which we covered against, uh, which we covered in the podcast, which he lost by split decision. That was a barn burner, right? <laughs> and then okay. we're here uh like you know like we're here and it's him versus alex morono uh, so you have to understand well let me get into alex morono's uh fighter data before i go into the actual fight but alex the great white morono i'm assuming that's in reference to a shark right hopefully it's not yeah. some white supremacy shit but but uh yeah he's fighting out of the u.s 32 years old made his octagon debut back in january 2016 kickboxing stylist you can tell especially the way he bounces around the octagon like the dude likes kicking right yeah. he's been pro since 2010 uh and okay origin of nickname because i'm aggressive like a shark right okay cool excuse me his last three 
He fought against Wada back in September 2021, won that by unanimous decision. Has a win over Mickey Gall uh, back in December 2021, again, unanimous decision. Fought against Melsberger uh, back in 2022, this year, or July 2022, this year, uh, won that by unanimous decision. And here's the thing about Morono. He's known also for taking these last minute fights. Like no one else wants to fight. He's like, put me in, coach. Yeah, um, he trying to get that check. I bro, ain't mad at him. Uh so look, this was a catch weight, but if you just looked at the first two rounds, you'd have been like, Oh, this is just all for Morono to take. Like that's how close he was, because you have to understand that Ponzinibbio was training for a southpaw in Robbie Lowe. Uh... So to switch up the camp and now to deal with a new opponent, it's going to be hard to come away from the habits you built in training camp for that one specific opponent. But this is what I'm going to say. The first two rounds were a little bit hard for Ponzinibbio. But, I mean, Morono, like, he, bro, he got, like, you know how normally there's a, a con, uh, like, kind of a download phase, maybe, yeah. you can argue, like, in the first round or so? Morono mm-hmm. was comfortable real quick, throwing his one-twos, throwing his kicks, kicks to yeah. the body, kicks to the head, kicks to the legs, throwing his one-twos down the middle to the chin. Um, but, you know, the whole time I'm just like, but again, this is Ponzinibbio, a man who's known for wanting to smoke. Also, Morono's 5'11", Ponzinibbio is like six feet, but you'd have to tell me who was taller than who because Ponzinibbio's <laughs> stance is so naturally wide, he almost looks shorter than Morono. But then... Uh... Here's the thing, in the first round, Morono counters one of Ponzinibbio's backfists by kind of ducking and hitting him with a check hook while his back is still kind of, like his, while his face is kind of coming around the spin to facing him again, he catches him with that uh, low hook and he dropped him. So like, Morono is like, he thrives in these short notice situations because he was having great success, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then in round two, I forget if it was a leg kick or if it was just uh, uh, the way he stepped, but it's like it looked like Morono kind of tweaked his lead's legs uh, knee, and his movement wasn't really the same. But oh. he was still he. Would, but here's the thing: he was still bouncing around trying to hide it and still finding success. Like he was, like if we if it went to decision, it would have been Morono because he was getting strikes off, bro. Uh, like his jab is crazy stiff. He was kind of moving Ponzinibbio back, but then Ponzinibbio is gonna Ponzinibbio. Round three, catches him with a right hand. Like, he finally finished his analysis, was able to find the opening, caught Morono with the right hand right down the middle, and it sent Morono back, caught him with the second one. And the ref was like, well, that's good. I don't need to see a murder. This fight is over. Knockout, finish. Uh, He needed that win, bro. Like, he needed it. Yeah, I mean, shit, that's, that's what probably happened. Like, he just... He had a flashback moment, and all that power just went to his hand. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> essentially, my the way, he, the way he hit that man, bro. There was something else going on. <laughs> yeah. Um. I hope he got a bonus too, fam. But I hope this. Oh, is he the, did. This is the he move did. Up. Okay. They, they, sure. they hooked him up. Remember, like every fight, damn near on the card got a bonus, except. For uh, co-main and main event. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, <laughs> speaking of which, guess what we're about to enter into? Oh, the oh, co-main. Oh, okay. The co-main. Uh, 
who do we have? We had Patty Pimblett versus Jared Gordon uh, at lightweight. Now, Patty the Batty Pimblett, this man is 27 years old, fighting out of Liverpool, right? Uh, same as Darren Till. Most of it, mostly a jiu-jitsu stylist. Um, made his octagon debut back in September of 2021. He's been pro since 2012. Was what, the cage fighting uh, lightweight champion back in the UK? And got his nickname from his coach, right? Yeah. Last last three bouts, right? He's only had four in the UFC so far, and he's like, that's not bad being 4-0. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, but versus Vendramini, that was when he made his debut stateside. Got that by KO back in September last year. Then against Vargas, which we covered on the podcast back in March. Got that win by submission. Then against uh, Levitt, that was, I believe, on a UK card as well back in July of this year where he got that win by submission. And then back in the States, him versus Jared Gordon. Now, on the other side, we had Jared Flash Gordon, also a dope-ass nickname. Yes, it is. Uh, 34 years old, fighting out of the USA, mostly a freestylist. Uh, made his octagon debut back in June of 2017. Now he's been pro since 2011, and based on his story, bro, this man has overcome a lot. Just the oh. name, drug addiction was one of the things he's overcome. Oh. Okay, uh, so he yeah, can't ever lose then. No, 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 no. So his record, right? Looking at his last three, was on a yeah, one, two out of his last three, right? Up against Selecki back in October 2021. Got that dub by split decision. Against Dawson, he lost that by submission. This was back in April this year. And against Santos, uh, back in August of this year, he won that by a nice decision, right? So so he stayed in the ring. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things leading up to this, like if you look at the some of the clips leading up to Hype the Co-Main event, Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things Jared said he was going to do was, you know, he was going to make Patty Pemblet suffer. And I think he accomplished that. Now, going into the fight, though, I will say this. I can't really put my finger on it, but something about seeing all those white folks wearing those Patty, the baddie wigs mm. is kind of super alarming. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, I mean, I... I... I agree. I, I'm just saying, if I were a person of color, it, it would just make me a little nervous, right? It's like y'all right. getting a little too hype. Uh, I don't know. Um, I just hope it don't reach McGregor hype. Yeah, like the McGregor hype was was annoying. pretty annoying. Yeah. Kobe hype is fucking annoying. Yeah, Kobe hype is fucking annoying. Yeah, and he, you know, he was on some bullshit. Yes, he was. He he just is bullshit. We're talking about Colby Covington, not Colby not, Covington. Uh like that. Yeah. Um, um yeah. But but yeah, uh Matt like the fight starts, Patty is already taken over with pressure, right? It looked like Gordon was kind of a little nervous at the, you know, uh, at the start of the fight, but then he starts being able to find success with his left hook. I will say throughout the whole fight, that left hook of his was constantly finding a home. Because here's the thing, when Patty fights and when he attacks, 
he has a tendency to drop his hands and lift up his chin, which is literally a no-no in any fighting style. Mm. Now, that being said, too, Patty's getting some good offense off and, you know, hitting with a kitchen sink. Like, he's hitting and he's hitting hard. But the other thing, so while Patty has his hands down and chin up, Gordon keeps his hands up and his chin down, right? Mm-hmm. Um there was definitely some type of strength differential though cuz it looked like in their exchanges and they had a few throughout the fight where they were throwing hands and it looked like patty just had the harder hits right and not to say that jared gordon couldn't like wobble this dude but it's like yeah um good hurt him yeah he couldn't really put him down but patty could put him down uh mm. round 2 so patty looked more dominant I wouldn't go so far as to say that. I'd say the first round was a little bit hard to score. It was close, but you could see it going to Patty, right? Because here's the thing. It's like, like I said, there were a few instances where Jared Gordon hit him like th- three to five times in one round off of that left hook and kept mm-hmm. on hitting him clean. Like there were no okay. hands in the way. It was just like straight up like you just had it been any other person, they probably, they may have gotten knocked out. Right. Oh, okay. Um, Patty. What, what was I gonna say? Uh, Patty tries to go for a takedown that Gordon counters, but he needs to watch out for a triangle. But another fun fact about Jared Gordon: he's a black, uh, not a black, but he's a brown belt under John Donaher. And if you trained, if you've seen any of John Donaher's fighters, like GSP is one of them. Like they're grappling, it's oh. no slouch. Um, but round two, like I said, Patty was looking a little bit more gassed. He had a choke attempt that failed, right? Because, like, uh, Gordon had him on the fence, basically used the shot to pressure him to the fence and was kind of trying to wrestle him down. And Patty's like, whatever, I'm going to just try to choke you because that's how... I mean, Patty's jiu-jitsu is good. His background is originally jiu-jitsu, so it's no joke. But Gordon was, like, weathering that storm. Then Gordon cracks Pimblet twice. Pimblet returns in kind, but, like, again, his hands are down and Gordon is doing exactly what he said he would do. Like Like I said at the top, he was making Patty suffer. It was a nice little flurry by Patty, but like Gordon can turns like returns in kind, right? Yeah. Uh, but I thought he lost the second round. You thought I would, Gordon lost the second? No, round. I thought Patty lost the second round. Frankly, okay. I think Gordon won the first round too. If I'm being honest, it was like so. You think Patty lost? I I thought Patty lost this fight, mm-hmm. but so here's why. I, I literally this is what I wrote down. They go to the they go the distance. I think Gordon gets the win by split decision. And then they said it was a unanimous win for Patty. Mm. I thought Jared Gordon got robbed, but I like even if I no, let's say I'm wrong, right? Or you know, if I rewatch the fight, there could be some things I missed because I was thinking about it this morning. Uh, Patty did have a lot of good striking, had a lot of good octagon pressure, octagon control, mm. uh, and he was getting strikes off, but like. They weren't necessarily hitting clean, but, you know, judges see what judges see. I'm not a judge. It's what it is. Um, But all I'm saying is, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I can see the Patty win. I just don't think it it was unanimous. I don't think it should have been unanimous. That's what I'll say. Okay. Like, split decision, man. Majority decision, man. Not unanimous. That can't can't be. Um, Yeah. I I personally think that Jared Gordon got robbed. Okay. But yeah. I I think I think the the controversy in that I think I think that's gonna give Gordon a little bit more shine. 
and I think he'll probably come back for for another fight. Yeah, I don't think his stock goes down. I think no, not they have to run that back at some point, depending on like where they're at in their careers. Yeah, um, but I think they'd have to run that back. Honestly, sure. that that might be better for for Gordon. Um, if Patty's stock keeps coming up, and Patty delivers, you know, and eventually you you uh you you run that back with him. If you if you beat him or finish him, hey. Like, right. Yeah. It's it's not you have nothing to lose, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because when when people think you won, that's some whole different shit. Yeah. Especially when fighters start saying that shit too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Up next, we have the main event. Okay. This was uh, Jan Blachowicz versus Magomed Ankalaev at light heavyweight. And this is basically for the vacant light heavyweight title. Now, I'm going to color it with this, though. This was short notice. Because originally, this was supposed was to be before. Yuri yeah. Prohachka versus Glover Teixeira. But Yuri oh, got man. injured, right? And he vacated the title, which is like, that's a that's an honorable last thing to do, That's bro. a gangster. I love you. Because like, I'm just like, most people just be like, all right, let me heal up, do an interim. You know what I'm saying? But he was just like, no, nah, let me just vacate the title. Let it, so somebody else get a chance to shine. When it's my time, I'll come back, fight for it all over again. Um, but it's what it is. So as a result, like last minute, they, you know, pull in, uh, you know, Polish power, Jan Blachowicz, and then Magomed, low-key, light-skinned nigga energy, Ankalaev. That's and hilarious. And if you, if you don't think he's got light-skinned nigga energy, look, all I'm going to say is this. Take any picture of Ankalaev, and replaces his haircut with some waves, and you'll see what I see. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm it. saying you see it low key, don't you? I kind of I'm I'm looking now. Low key. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, uh Jan Blahovich. Sorry to take it on that tangent. But Jan Blahovich, right? Fighting out of Poland. He was a former light heavyweight champ, so he's had the belt before. 39 years old, but you would have had to tell me, right? Uh, made his octagon debut back in October 2014, mostly an MMA stylist. He's been pro since 2007. Damn. Um, like yeah. I said, he was a former champ. Now, in terms of the fight game with him, he's got a win over Israel Adesanya back in March of 2021, where he won that by unanimous decision. Took an L to Glover Teixeira back in October of last year by submission. Got a dub over Rakich. Uh, back in May of this year by KOTKO. And then, of course, he faced off against Akalaev, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But then on the other side, we got Magomed Akalaev, right, fighting out of Russia, uh, MMA stylist. Dude, he was like a combat sambo, master of sports. Bro, them sambo dudes be in there, man. They be in there. They don't mess around. Made his octagon debut back in March of 2018. He's been pro since 2014. 10 wins by knockout. Like, the dude is still undefeated. Uh, that's all I'm going to say there, right? Now, looking at his fight record against uh, Volkan Uzdemir, he got that dub by United Decision back in October 2021. Against Thiago Santos back in March of 2022, got that dub by United Decision, which I believe he covered on the pod. Um, and then against Anthony Smith, uh, Anthony Smith, Smith, Back in July of this year, which we also covered on the pod, where he got that win by knockout. And I think something happened with Anthony Smith's like leg or his knee. It was, it was, I, I think it was one of those cards where it's like people were just like falling left and right due to injuries, man. It wasn't great. 
Um, mm. But yeah, but listen, that string of victories is what got Magomed Ankalaev to this point that got him to the point where it's like, yo, this dude is basically yeah. primed and ready. Let's get him in there. Let's see if he can fight for that vacant title. Now, yeah. this is what I'm going to say. This is what you're going to say. All right, let's hit it. Jan Blahovich had the right strategy. Okay. Take out this dude's legs. And do, he brutalized Ankalaev's shins. Like, both of them. Leg like, kicks. A lot yeah, of leg kicks. Bro. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's ice on Ankalaev's shins right now as we're speaking. Okay. Um, brutalized them, bro. Just, like, total them. But that being said, Ankalaev's got hands. But then so does Polish power, Jan Blachowicz, right? Like, the man has hands, too. But there is definitely a significant speed differential between the two of them. Ankalaev was a faster striker. But it got to that point where Ankalaev couldn't hang with the strikes because, you know, his shins were getting torn up. So he started switching over to the grappling, which is where he was finding more success. In fact, I'll say the last round was essentially, um, I think Ankalaev caught Blahovich with a strike that sent Blahovich kind of running backwards a little bit, backpedaling to like kind of regain his composure. He fell. Uncle Ive capitalized on it and it turned into kind of him. I don't want to say fighting for his life, but being in a position where the ref was about to stop the fight because okay. it didn't look like he was doing much, but he's like, he was still working toward it, right? Yeah. Uh, but then the bell goes off and. We're waiting, you know, the bell goes off round five. All right, cool. They want the distance. Now we're waiting for the decision. And that's where we hear that it is a draw, a split draw. Uh, the belt is still vacant. Uh, apparently now the plan is to have a Sweet Dreams Jamal Hill fight Glover Teixeira for the belt there's a in January of next year. But like... This is why people were just like kind of mad at the judges because like Ankalaya for sure weathered the storm of the leg kicks and like was kind of dominating on the ground, but apparently that wasn't enough for him to win to to prove that he won. Then Blahovich had the right strategy, but like toward the end, it's like Ankalaya, I guess, I think had the more dominant performance. And even he was just like, I need to rewatch the rewatch the fights, but I don't feel like I won. Blahovich said that, right? So he's like, just give the belt to Ankalaev. Let's be done with it. But majority, uh, I shot that's nice majority. I split draw. And then what was fun? It was kind of funny, like seeing Joe Rogan after he heard the news. The homies like, man, what do I, how who do I interview? Like, it kind of froze a lot of people. Like Dana yeah. White was in the cut too with the belt, ready to give it to somebody. Yeah. And that decision came out of nowhere. It was just like the fuck. Um, I think this fucked up. I mean, like Vegas is a is a spot where people are always gonna have fights. Mm-hmm. But, like, if they keep having, like, these weird-ass situations happen, motherfuckers is just not gone. They're probably going to choose not to fight there. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, That's so weird. And so I bet that that pressed uh, – that I feel like Dana White just made that fight on the fly. I feel like he just did it. Cause well, I mean, they – they yeah, yeah. He's yeah. just like who? Do, who? Okay, Glover. Who else? We gonna we gonna do fucking Jamal? Fuck. Because that's still gonna be short notice. If they're fighting in January, it's December now, right? Uh, is that Aren't enough time? Both, yeah, but they were both. They were already. They both were already preparing for a fight. Right. Right. So it. So it still fits, you know. 
Um, there's a clip of Anthony Smith just finding out that his fight got canceled. They're probably gonna put him on the card too. They're probably mm-hmm. gonna just gonna give him somebody. I don't even know who to give Anthony Smith at this point. Mm. But um, you know, that's crazy. That's just a very weird situation to be in. Yeah. Like it doesn't even really like you know, you could have them run it back and put them on the next card. You know, yeah. if they want to. Um, I just think it's a very awkward situation, especially because it's still an interim title. Like Jerry gave it up. Just yeah. just make it a fight and then just give Jerry a, a shot when he come back. I mean, it's ain't no interims, bro. This is for the real deal. This is for the that's what that's what yeah, they like, said is for the he, real deal. Yeah, yeah. Yuri okay. like he gave up the the light heavyweight title. He vacated it. So okay. this is, ain't no interims. This is like the real deal. All right, um, good. Yeah. Speaking of which, though, the next thing we got for the year to kind of close out uh, MMA for the year is we're going to have Cannoneer, Jared Cannoneer versus Sean Strickland uh, next Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. So that's going to be wild. That's Uh, going to be interesting. Fight night with a fight night with a main card that has six fights. Man, I hope it doesn't take too long. (laughs) Prelims are looking looking kind of interesting to what are they talking like like 8 p.m eastern i was gonna be 6 p.m central standard is when the main oh, card starts yeah okay. it's not too bad yeah um now let's see what anything in boxing i know tiafimo lopez versus sandor martin was last night i'm actually still watching that fight uh what else we got going on let me refresh refresh that's it uh december 13th oh shit this tuesday uh looks like this is taking place in japan but naoya inoue versus who's butler i don't know who butler is but that looks like that's going down at 5 a.m damn all right on tuesday december 13th well if i wake up that early i might try but no promises (laughs) <laughs> uh Matt will probably watch it. I mean it's an ESPN plus, so you can always rewatch it too. Ah, uh, yeah, true, true. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man. That's it. Uh shit. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for checking us out. Uh, we really appreciate it. Please be sure to share this, listen to it, do whatever you gotta do, rate us five stars. Um, but this has been Now Mind You Podcast, episode 49 Combat. You can follow us or at least uh, look for us on any podcast distribution platform. Just search for Now Mind You Podcast when it comes to social media. Almost uh, always the same moniker, same handle, Now Mind You Pod, N-O-W-M-I-N-D-Y-O-U-P-O-D. Look us up on Discord. Look us up on YouTube at Now Mind You Podcast. And in terms of where you can follow me, you can find me on Instagram, Tuss4Skate. That's T-U-S-S number four underscore S-K-A-T-E. Where can they find you, Bryce? They can find me on Instagram at Ashe underscore Onsa. That's Ashe, A-X-E underscore Onsa, O-N-C-A. Perfect. And then you can find Matt on damn near all social media under the same handle, at Matt Hambrick. That's M-A-T-T-H-A-M-B-R-I-C. Thank y'all for listening. We'll catch you next week, y'all. Peace.